Click. Boom. It's going. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, man, yeah. Tell me, tell me where you're at in uh, Australia, right? Yeah, I'm in Australia, man. Australia. We're uh, just at my house here. I don't own this house, just renting, but I've got the cool background. It's very Australian. First thing I noticed that, because you're in America, right? Yeah. I'm, do you know uh, the state called Idaho? Yeah, Idaho. Yeah, I think I've, you know, heard of those states from like Steve Cook talking about some of the better states in America that people don't talk what about. Idaho? Do you know that? Um, he, he talks about how it's a decent place and there's a lot of mountains and, and stuff like that, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that because Steve Cook is from central or southern Idaho, I believe. Don't quote me on yeah. that. Yeah, but, I, he's makes from, sense to me as well. Yeah, I'm up in northern Idaho. There's lots of mountains and beautiful lakes and stuff, especially summertime. Um, Dude, but, I, I would love to come to Idaho because, like, that's what I'm about. Um, when I traveled in Vietnam recently, we spent three weeks in Vietnam and it was like Heilong Bay. Um, mountains, just waterfall chasing, beautiful beaches and stuff. And we went up to the top of this incredible, like the bus drove through the clouds. That's how high this mountain was. And it was a little French colonial city inside Vietnam that still had that that French influence on it. It was so beautiful. But um, yeah, I'm in Australia. Um, if you kind of like Australia's a quite a big place um, yeah. for the for the not really as much population as like China and Asia. And, America and stuff, but quite spread out. But everyone lives around all the edges of Australia. I was going to say, do you get to go surfing and everything any day you want? I went surfing this morning. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm jealous. Um, I'm, I, it I, just snowed. It was a blizzard here last night. Uh, yesterday, it snowed about, I want to say, about three inches. <laughs> oh, so it's snowing over your way. Yeah. there's a. There's so everyone, everyone's like, this dude in Australia's got his shirt off and he's by the pool. <laughs> Um, it's not always like this though. Like, um, you know, I, I work really, really hard and there's a few days where I work at a gym called snap fitness. Do you have snap fitness in America? Yeah, we have the snap chain over here for sure. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So I'm one of the main trainers, um, and the other three at snap fitness. And I basically look after people with injuries to do with hips, lower back, spines, shoulders, more complicated injuries because I've gone through a motorbike accident and Oh. I got bulging discs in my lower back and I used to be into martial arts and like I just I understand people's pain and everyone can be educated at university to deal with a lower back injury like a, a disc bulge but the best coaches I've seen are people that have had them themselves or they've worked with a lot of athletes that have had that injury not just paperwork not just university degrees yeah yeah no I agree I think that you know the situation best if you've actually been in it because Cause you actually care, right? Like you actually have to care and fix it yourself for yourself. So uh, it translates. And I noticed that, I don't know if you notice this, but a lot of, if your, your clients will be related to your interest in your problems that you've had in the past. Do you see that? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like personal trainers are actually life coach psychologists. If you want to be a good trainer and actually make it through this we're we're converting into a new age at the moment where, everyone's an online trainer and everyone has an app and your phone can train you and all this. So it's like, you can't just be counting reps as a trainer anymore. You have to know and you have to relate to each person and then you have to really dig down on their pain. And and every single time they seem to slow down or they want to quit with transportations or emails or online programs, 
it's just we haven't found a way to really, I, I say, like hit people in the feels, like really dig down to people's pain. And when you find their pain and you bring them back to it when they want to quit, we're bringing it further away from where they were and more into happiness. And I think there will always be a place for trainers, but we're right now we're filtering out shit trainers that aren't good and we're trainers and just have to increase your value really well. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and now that it's so easily accessible to create your presence as like an online trainer, right? There's a lot of them now and it's growing industry. Like the fitness industry is still just growing so fast. Yeah. But, um, I agree that there's a lot of shit trainers <laughs> because they, I, I feel, I feel that there's uh more people wanting to be trainers than more people that are wanting to be fit. So the, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the bubble is going to burst. Like they, they talk about it in, uh, you know, Bitcoin and crap like that. Yeah. But I mean like the, the online trainer, that's actually a model who's a fake online trainer. Yeah. That's going to burst. And people like Jordan Syatt, um has really expressed why he's, doing so well because he's not like a model looking guy and he's not super muscular and doesn't have this like perfect physique but he's incredible and has a has a vip circle of online coaching and does really well and i look up to him as business minded using like old school techniques with new techniques and keeping it very very logic and understanding mm -hmm. yeah no, no no i agree 100 and i think that the filtration of the social media at first will create that bubble but exactly you're right that the people who actually care and are going to be successful will remain and the rest of it will blow over. Um, Jordan Syatt, good guy to bring up. Um, have, I've had him on, like I was telling you. And uh, the best thing that you can do to be a good online trainer or a trainer in general, like somebody to help somebody, a coach, is to give as much free content, good, if as much free value that can actually help somebody as you can. Because like you said, it's a psychology game. I mean mm – -hmm. This isn't about losing 30 pounds anymore. This is about, you know, building self-confidence, building, you know, what I, uh, we had an online pod, we had a podcast uh, last week with, a, with another online trainer and he called it, what's your why, right? Like, what is yeah, your reason why you started? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, it's funny that we brought up about uh, surfing before because I'm on the east coast the southeast coast of queensland mm -hmm. which is if you know where gold coast brisbane area is it's that that area of australia so it's quite warm right now i think we're in we're in like the end of our summer and you're in the end of your winter is that correct uh yes yeah yeah so we're opposites and when i came over to america i noticed that um you know that it was just completely different like even though we both speak english the culture between America and Australia is, is very diverse. And the culture between, not even America, like when I say America, um, people from Australia who haven't travelled America properly, they're like, oh, America. And it's like, no, no, there's states that are, that are completely different. There's cities within three hours apart that have a completely different culture, a completely different second, third language. When I was in New York, I heard more people speaking every other language other than English. It yeah, was... yeah. It was crazy. And there's people I met in New York, the guy I stayed with in an Airbnb, um, this uh, American Chinese couple, they didn't even like, no one had like a kitchen, they don't cook. And like to have a house this big in America, like people might watch this and think that I'm like making good money or something. And it's like, not really. Like 
I just rent a room out of this place. And in Australia, the, the houses are just bigger, especially in my area. I'm not in the city. We're on like a small coastal section mm -hmm. of town. So it's not expensive to live. Uh, I work hard and whatnot, but definitely not rich. So if anyone's watching this and thinking, oh, this guy has showed off in Australia, cool in the background, it's like, no, no, like um, I struggle just like everyone else. And I grew up struggling very, very poor with a, um, a single mother and a, and she decided to leave my father when he was an alcoholic when I was two years old. So we struggled, but when I went to America, you, the people in New York living in boxes, like literally living in boxes, like beside each other. And some of them have never left New York before. And it just it blew my mind, man. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a, a great point is the culture difference in the, in the U.S. At least I don't know how diverse it is when you go to Australia and going to different parts, but when you go to New York, I've never been to New York yet. Uh, I plan on going within the next year. But um, like you said, the little boxes and those the cost to live in one of those little boxes, yeah, it's it's insane. Like it's it's the amount. It's probably like three times, if not more, the amount to live in one of those little boxes than would live or to have a whole house here. Um, because yes. we're kind of in the same situation, like in Idaho, in northern Idaho at least, the cost of living isn't very much. So there's a lots of people that like to actually retire up in a city called Coeur d'Alene. Um, and so there's a beautiful lake um, and you can buy property on the lake and stuff. This still costs a lot, but not anything compared to, you know, New York city and stuff like that. And, and you're actually getting like, a, like land around the house, yeah. not like a fence. It's against the house. Like even if you're in like suburbia outside New York, your house is like house on house on house with like window to window. Like you're in the toilet and you can listen to the other person in the toilet beside you. It's like, I can't live like that. So as much as when I traveled through America, I absolutely loved it. I went to, I competed in the WBFF LA comp. And then I went to like from LA up to Hollywood. Didn't like Hollywood, man. Um, I hate being a hater, but it's like, it's not what it seems. And you've got like the rich are really rich. And then you've got poor, really poor. And, I mean, in Australia, we, we try to keep it more diverse. The middle, the middle section is more quality of life. You don't have to be like really rich to have a good life. Like right now where I'm living, what I'm doing, I'm smart, what I, smart about what I do. I don't drink. I don't waste money. I'm picky about where, where I eat. I'm, I, I manage my money really well. But I mean, if I was living in like LA, Hollywood area, I'd either be having to make a lot of money I'll be living at that like low level. And it's just, it's painful to see that on TV and like YouTube videos of people in LA, it's like, it looks really nice. And LA is a beautiful place, but it just wasn't my thing then. And I think I would prefer somewhere like Idaho, um, somewhere that's more in the country and like, just like people are down to earth in LA, but it's just a different, they grow up differently. Like someone in the country, like I'm from living on a big farm in Australia, one hour North of this area is like, a little town with a tiny population. I'm talking the population of probably like a quarter of like a small town where you are and um, just grew up on a little farm. And so I'm, I'm from that area. And as much as I didn't value it when I was that age, when I was that age, I was like, I'm packing my shit. I'm going to town. Like I'm going to move to the city. And then like Brisbane's the closest city from here. And I go there for, I'm there with an, with uh, Aaron Sansoni. And the, have you heard of the chick that owns Boost Juice? Have you heard of Boost Juice? Uh -uh. Mm -mm. Is she based in the U.S.? is like this big, um, what's that? Is she based in the U.S.? No, no, she's Australian, but, but they've got like 
pictures of like famous American people at Boost Juice, and I think they've got a few over in America. Basically, it's just fruit smoothies um, as a franchise, and she's worth like 500 million or something. It's incredible. But I went to her entrepreneur event and listened to her talking about business and how she failed like a hundred times and had to get money. She had to borrow money to, to, to fund her first shop. But basically, it just when I was in Brisbane in that area, it was just walls and buildings and buildings like a city, and I just couldn't deal with it. I had to get back to where I live here, go straight to the beach and just like baptize myself into the ocean yeah. to get that kind of the grounding. And that's another thing I talk about with my online um, ebook is you need to find something to ground you. And I think in a place like Idaho, it wouldn't take long, like getting your car and just for a five or 10 minute drive, you better find something where it has more nature involved. Is that right? Yeah. You could pretty much go five, 10 minutes in any direction. You'll be finding yourself no, no city. <laughs> You'll be out in the middle nowhere. So maybe we, maybe I should make a trip over to Idaho. Good man, yeah, I would, I would love it. You let me know when, and uh, we'll set you up because uh, some workout videos. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was gonna ask you. So, you said that you really find yourself managing your time, your money, uh, all that kind of stuff. You know what? What has that done to help you with your actual fitness uh, potential and like your health? Because a lot of people think that it's just the nutrition, you know, and the exercise. But in reality, you know, what has maybe changed your daily habits done for you? Well, that's a great question. And, and that's, that came from why I wrote the Mind and Body Transformation ebook. Because I was sending out meal plans and workout programs to people. And they were always like, how do you fit this in how do you want why do you want to eat this or how do you say no to social events or how do you get time to do this and that and I'm like everyone has 24 hours like you hear it all the time like I listen to a little bit of motivational speaking but it's really good to remind people who are listening to this it's like um Oprah Winfrey has 24 hours man um you know like the president of the United States maybe not the current one well he still has 24 hours but you know what I mean? Like Obama is one of the most motivational people I've ever seen in any political situation because of what he had to get through. And I mean, he had 24 hours, wife, you know, kids, and he still changed so many things. You've got people that are, I look up to like Steve Cook, who's a really big guy in the fitness industry. And they've all got 24 hours in a day. And how are they getting so much more done? And I can tell you right now, they didn't have people running their business for them in the first few years. And they probably still do the major, really important things themselves because you need that personal touch. I've gone towards having like a PA um, or someone to help out or a team of people. And I've more tried to bring it down to just myself and then get someone to help with graphics and stuff like that because you need that one on time. So after everyone was asking me these things, it got to the point where I was like, a meal plan and a workout program just, People know they need to eat healthy. People know they should train. Like you can ask anyone you see on the street, Australia, America, Europe, wherever, and you can interview them and say, which foods out of this picture is going to make you healthy? Like fast food or healthy chicken, rice, whole foods, vegetables. They're going to, they're going to choose the chicken and vegetables. You can say to them, hey, what are you going to burn more calories with? It's like watching TV on the couch or going for a walk or what's better for you? that everyone knows the answer. It's like people can be certified as a trainer within a few months. It's like common knowledge, most of it, like without having to know the names of the bones in your foot, and your head and muscles, attachments and everything. That's not the answer. Mm -hmm. 
the answer is building habits and finding finding triggers that help build habits, setting daily small goals to have that self-love and appreciation and tackling tackling like bad habits with a trigger for turning turning something from bad into good and then rewarding yourself not with food and not with something that's going to be psychologically bad but having rewards like i always say to myself it's like every half an hour is an opportunity to get something done every half an hour block and the biggest tip someone could take from this massive brand is that if you get your diary every iphone whatever phone you have you have a diary you have your calendar on your days where you're not actually at work, your work time is your work time either for someone else or, or if you're working for yourself. Every half an hour outside there is your opportunity time. Every single hour. You've got six hours, you only need six or seven hours of sleep. You can lock them in. You have a time that you go to bed and you have your time that you wake up. Before you start work and after you finish work and your day's off, every half an hour write in what you can get done. And there's a lot of days where I don't get half of what's written done, but I get twice as much done as if I have nothing written. So every half an hour block, like it's this morning, it was like, get up, make my meal prep, go for a surf, check out the new office that I'm looking at moving into one of the rooms, get back to all my online clients on WhatsApp, podcast with you, another podcast with another guy. And you know, like I have it set down. If I didn't have, if I didn't have that diary and written down, like I, I grew up with ADHD, um, slight dyslexia. I got told at school and when I was growing up that I would never, you know, amount to anything. And now people at school that got a really high grade that were really, really educated at school, they ask me for advice on business or ask me advice on fitness or ask me like, how do you, you look like you're having a good life. Is it even real? And I said, well, it's nothing to do with money. Money is just, is actually just an imaginary bullshit. That's what it really is. But you need money to get time. And then when you have that time, you make the most of it every single half an hour. So if that's one thing you could take away, I, I, I would do that, man. That's what helped change my life. Yeah. No, I agree. That is so important because a lot of people are chasing the money right now, especially in this uh, world of upcoming, like social media has made the hustle, you know, and the grind and entrepreneurship, you know, like Gary Vee, just making it just so involved in trying to, to just go for everything. But a lot of people are getting the wrong misconception of, money and but really in reality what you're wanting is certain you're wanting time you're wanting time to go do yeah. something family your loved ones stuff like that and it kind of reminds me uh my background uh i played a lot of sports as a kid um and basketball was my number one even though i'm <laughs> i was never gonna make it to college le level because five foot six <laughs> but i think it's funny i sorry to stop you there i'm only five i'm only just over five foot seven or on five foot seven Mm -hmm. And uh, every Sunday, me and my other short mates go and play basketball together. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's funny because, I mean, I love it. And, I mean, I was, I was good for my level, but there's just no way going to be able to compete against six-foot guards and stuff like that, right? <laughs> no, it's not going to get – you're not going to get um, asked to play for a team. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, dude, Phil Heath – came from professional basketball true phil heath actually yeah yeah he played college ball and then he came and uh and now he's mr olympia like look at that transition <laughs> I, I, I preferred i preferred phil heath's physique and everything when he was playing basketball but yeah, basketball wasn't going to make him a multi-millionaire driving around Lamborghinis and 
being the number one bodybuilder in the world. And I think with him, it was like, he, he likes to prove everyone wrong. Like he loves it. Like him being a short basketball player, playing at big time level, um, done. And then after that, he was like, well, I can't really go much more forward than this. Like I've hit my genetic kind of lift, limit, limit. And then he's like, wow, like I'm jacked as fuck playing basketball without even putting effort into being a bodybuilder. Within four years, complete pro, one of the biggest guys. Within four years, some guys are training for 20 years to get to his level. Um, so as they call him the gift, I think he did it really well. Mm-hmm. But um, continue, continue with, with yeah. um, your sport. I'll go, I'll go back to that because I want to talk about kind of the, the, time, the time management of what you're talking about every half an hour because I kind of have a similar deal I was taught. Um, but I what was going to say um, – I don't know the time management. So every every fifteen minutes, we they would they would make us block. We I did this basketball camp right, and it was my very first time um, going away from home and like staying in a dorm place somewhere at like this high level basketball camp, five hours away or whatever, right? So, and I've never really had the experience of time management before because I was still pretty young, um, and they would have the schedule laid out almost in five minute blocks, but you had pretty much like 15 minute blocks of here's where you eat. Here's where the amount of time you have to take to travel to here. Here's where we have our meeting uh, for the team. And then here's practice time, you know, fill out the whole entire day. And in my, at first I'm like, Holy shit, this is a lot to do, you know, like, right. Cause it's everything. There's so much stuff to do. But then as time went on, uh, it was like, wow, I got all this done and it was so much easier than if I had nothing written down because it's just like, okay, I don't, you don't have to think about it. Right. And I think a lot of energy is wasted on thinking and worrying and worrying is like, uh, actually like a psychosocial thing that I've been learning right now is to actually schedule time. I don't know if you've ever done this, but to actually schedule time out of your day to actually worry, like, yeah. Make it, make it something that you're like, okay, between five and five fifteen, I'm going to just worry my heart out. Like worry as much as I want about whatever the hell is going on in my life. And if you're going through the day and you like have this urge of you're starting to worry, just immediately just say, Oh, I'll just worry about it later. Right now I'll go with the flow and I have that time set out. And before you know it, what they've set, uh, seen is you tend to work out the problem throughout the day without even worrying about it. And then, and, or you'll just forget about it once you get to the, the scheduled time. You know what I mean? I, I wish that some people like, like any, if anyone's listening and they've got worry time because our brain waves work on a different level where we're in overdrive, like to the point where, when I'm writing in pen and paper, I'll be writing the word. And number one, the handwriting's horrible because I'm thinking faster than I can physically write. And then sometimes I'll like write the letters that's at the end of the word before I get to it. So let's say we're writing fitness. Luckily, I've wrote fitness a lot, so I don't have to stuff this up. But at a younger age or new words, when I'm in a rush, I'll be like F-I-T-N-S and it's like I've missed letters in between and then have to go back and rub it out because my brain's like, we know what fitness is, bang, let's write the thing and then let's get to the end. So when it comes to not worrying about it, it's like it's nearly fixated. But I think 
that's what people really need. And I think it doesn't matter that if someone, I think everyone can have bits of ADD. It's not something that you're either like highly diagnosed. You've got worse versions, but I think everyone can have bits of dyslexia, ADD. People say, oh, you, you just did something stupid or dumb when you're in school or, or you said something that was out of context. You spoke before your mentor and it was something silly. That could be, that could be umbrellaed under a dysfunction or whatever, but it's just people's brain working at different brain, different waves and different lengths. So if you write it down, it just takes that ease off you. You're like, it's there. Um, yesterday I had like 12 things written down in a six hour block and I was late. I was like two hours behind. So I was in the time of like the task underneath and two hours later I was like caught up and it's like, if I didn't have those written down, I would have got two, I would have got the two things done that I can remember. I figured out as a, as a human, I feel like we can only remember like two important things at a time. Yeah. Like think about it. And maybe women can do like three but it's dudes yeah. like dudes it's two it's two and i always get my clients write down two goals every day goals are like your week to week big goals like six months three months whatever and you have your two tasks your two things you need to do and that could be like me i've got right now got the washing on the beeper just went off so i've got to hang my washing up if i don't write a notification in my notes or on my calendar i'll probably fucking forget the washing's in the washing machine it'll be in there for two days and i won't know like this is just problems that we have and then I get my clients to write down two dreams. So like I've got a female client and she's meant to be working in an office and that's what she's educated for. But her dream is to be a motorbike mechanic. And like as a female that's not educated down that path, it's like it seems impossible, but I get her to write it down every week. And we're going to get there. Absolutely, we're going to get there. So yeah, Isn't that cool where you can like have a client that starts out in their application or they're like you're talking with them and they start to say, I want to lose 20 pounds, right? And they have it in the first week, and in the second week, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm going towards my 20 pounds. And by the end of the six to 12 weeks, they're like, my goal is to become, a, a, you know, like a sales representative for this high-level company or something yeah. to do with a huge amount of confidence. And it's like, holy shit, that's a transition. But it's like they found the reason. That would have been their dream. And no one wants to mention their dream out loud. They're like, no, nah, if you mention that, like people think you're crazy. And yeah, you may be your friends, like your closest friends sometimes, they don't want to see you do well because you're at their level and they think if you do better that you're going to leave them or they're going to feel less about themselves. Like you have high school friends, man. Like how old are you at the moment? I'm 21. So... You're finished high school and you've become a trainer. Yeah, so this, I'm in my last semester of college, of university. Uh, and so I'll be done with that. But I've started my business. It's been going about a couple of years now. Awesome, uh, awesome. So, so you've got friends. You've got friends from high school when you were like 17. And you're probably not friends with all of them anymore. And I think some of them you could agree that wouldn't want you to see you do well. Like some are going to be like, why the fuck would you be podcasting? What no one wants to know about the shit that you do. And it's like, mm, I think people want to listen. The age of social media is blowing up on YouTube and podcasts and Instagram. And it's actually growing really, really fast and quality wise for people that can relate to people that are actually normal people. We can't all feel the Kardashians, the pro NFL player spot. 
they've got their spot. But there's this massive gray area here where people want to look up to people that are realistic, that are just like, hey, this is my house. This is my fucking, this is what I do. I don't make that much money, but I can help you do what you want to do. I'm chasing my dream. It's a little dream, but I'm chasing it. I think that's where we need to hit. And that, that's, that's a stage where we're at. So that's why you're inspired. That's why you're doing this podcast. I was going to say, that's why I reached out to you. <laughs> exactly. Because, I mean, just connecting with the thing, like, exactly what you said is 100% correct. So in high school, I played sports, come out, and I was supposed to, I was really good at math and science, right? And so I went into school, actually. I went through about three years at college for mechanical engineering. Okay, so I'm like going through oh, wow. super tough classes, physics, calculus, um, going through thermodynamics, so all this crazy stuff, right? And I was good at it, but I was like doing it for the wrong reasons. And so the money, the, yes, the money. And so, and people didn't judge you when you were doing that, right? But then transition, I started this training business and I, Dude, if you look back, I don't know if you have this, but if you look back at the very first like videos you were taking of yourself to try to put content, I mean, you you feel like you sound like an idiot, right? Like, but in that moment in time, you were just so motivated, and once you got over the hump of really giving a shit what people thought, that's when it just started to grow. You know what I mean? And so then, exactly what you're saying is, I reach out to you. You're more than happy to get on this because you have the same kind of goals because we want to help people with their life and nutrition and all that stuff. And so uh, you find your niche, right? And so when, once you stop worrying about friends or so-called friends being better than them, um, I think you really find your place in the world. And then all of a sudden that's when you just explode. And this is like in anything, not just your business, but with your nutrition, like finding your accountability buddy or finding the right compatible coach or anything like that. It's like every, in everything in life, there's probably going to be somebody that's not going to want you to get where you want to get probably because they're either jealous or they just, it's just a human nature. Right. And so it uh, is, it is, it is. And the one you missed the, the third one, which comes with the jealousy is like, if you, if you ask your friend straight face to face, um, would you like, to, would you like to see me do well? Um, they would say yes, but would they, would they like to see themselves do less well? So would they like to see themselves as not as successful? And they know they're going to say no. So I always tell people like, you, you've got to hang out with the right people and you can't help everyone because they've got friends from school that I still talk to now and I still um, see here and there. And I love them. They're like best friends of years and years, but everyone's on their own journey and you have to make sure that if you hang with both, to your flight and that's not saying that those people are any like not as good or whatever i don't care if someone's like not in shape or don't, don't have a six-pack the biggest thing i've been saying to my clients at the moment is like they meet me face to face we get on a video or a phone call and i say to them like don't look at my instagram or social media photos and think that's what i am like i'm just giving the people what they want it's what's popular what's getting liked or whatnot but if you'll notice the last three months my posts have completely drawn back from the fit guy photos and more looking at like the emotional stability side and self-love and everything. So I always have my clients, if I have a six pack and I'm in shape, 
I am no more value as a person than someone who's overweight. Not at all. Because that overweight person could be doing a fundraiser or doing self-development or helping children or a doctor or anything like that. I am no more value. The only thing I'm more value to is my longevity and myself. So this is what makes me happy and that's why I do it. If someone who's overweight, if watching Netflix, eating on the couch and everything makes them happy, then go for it. But how long will you be happy for when the medication, when the doctor bills come in, when you're, you have diabetes, when you start going through hate for yourself in the mirror? I'm more than happy for someone to say no to online coaching, to say no to personal training, to say, to say no to healthy food and healthy ways if they're 100% happy where they are and they have to say it to themselves every day in the mirror. Stand in front of the mirror completely naked and say, I'm 100% happy with how I am. I don't care that I'm not in shape. I love what I do as a job. I've got good people around me. I feel inspired. I can still move my body. That's really, really important. I don't care if someone's like, I'm the happiest person ever. But if you can't run with your grandchildren or run with your kids, then you're not going to be happy consistently. So think, are you happy now? And what you're doing, can that keep you happy long-term? If they can say yes to that, then do what you do. I, you know, you don't need my help. But for 99% of people, myself included, I always need extra help. I always need coaching. I need someone to look up to. I need to listen to YouTubes. Um, watch YouTube of guys that inspire me, chicks that inspire me. I need to listen to podcasts, people that are in the business, business, fitness industry that can help me be a better coach. That's what's really important. And I think dropping the ego a few years ago, now that I'm not competing anymore after like 10 or 11 comps and I'm working on how well I can move my body and, and how happy I can actually be not to do with if I'm in shape, if I'm not peeled 6% body fat, it doesn't bother me. As long as I function well, I move well, I'm happy with what I do and this is healthy long-term, then that's, that's what I think that's what's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, I agree hundred uh, percent. Cause I see that a lot and a lot of people like social media has Instagram, right? So you have all these highlight pictures, right? Just yeah. highlights of the best moments and the best pictures in the six pack abs. And I understand because I got when I because I go in cycles, right? Because I want to I like to go in the gaining phase to kind of see how strong I can get, come back down, be really lean, body composition. And so I noticed the difference in people or how many likes I was getting. Yes, the difference, right? And so then I would okay. Sometimes in my when I'm a little higher body fat percentage, I'll post throwbacks, right? And all of a sudden, the likes are just so much more. And people see it and like it, but I think the amount of impact you have is uh, more valuable, meaning if you gain that following from those pictures, that's awesome, that's cool. And then, like you said, you're transitioning into mind, body, and health, which I want you to go into in a second. But you transition into that, and instead of and those people are already like kind of in tune with your account, and once you start posting that stuff, I think that's when you're able to leverage your attention to actually helping people, and in turn, it creates a more engaging audience. And I don't know if you've noticed that over the past, you said a couple of months, you've been changing, but the amount of engagement you've gotten. Well, that's the thing. Like I can put a post up, which it's really hard. Instagram actually is because it's owned by Facebook, I think they've gone down the road. 
a little bit different. And I'm going to throw some real shit down now. And a lot of Instagram models and Instagram people that think they've got a big following are going to That's are going to be upset that I'm saying this because I'm, yeah. I'm bringing out I'm bringing out some of the secrets from the inside behind the smoke and mirrors. Nearly every single Instagram person you see that has a lot of likes on their posts and they have popular pages, they're in these Instagram groups and they go, hey, come to my group. We've got 20 people in this group. They even use like Telegram, WhatsApp. They used to use the DM list. That stills there. It's been happening ever since a big Instagram did their algorithm change that now the only way your posts are going to get popular and actually seen by at least half your followers or a quarter of your followers is in the first hour that you post, it looks very popular. So the, the, the robot behind Instagram has to see that people are liking and commenting on your stuff. And this was meant to help with posts that are more engaging because a comment, the value of a comment is actually higher than the value of a like. Like you've got people that just do like modeling photos or like chicks that are showing like ass and stuff like that or like, my older photos where it's like running on the beach, six pack abs, and then the caption because I was like, I'm too busy to write something informational. I want to get something for free. I don't want to talk about my mind because really at the time I was so so fixated on my look. So I didn't really have much mental mind body thing to talk about. And the likes are really high, but maybe the comments weren't very good or it's just like love hearts and like, oh, you look great. But if you get someone who writes like a two, like, five, six, seven, eight word comment and then you reply to it and then someone replies to it and there's keywords involved, that's meant to really populate your posts and your photos and it's going to get it onto the popular pages and it's going to really grow your page. But the problem is Instagram people, they've realized, they, they get on this, they know, they've got people they pay to tell them what's going on with Instagram, what's the new algorithm and once they know what it is, then they do this thing. So you've got these groups, right? And everyone joins the group and to be in a group, you have to accept that when someone posts and they share it to the group, even if you don't like the photo they post, even if it's like I'm selling skinny meat tea, shit that doesn't work, or waist belts that don't do shit, um, you have to go over to that post, like it, and then write, you look great, three plus words. You know what I mean? And then when you post, you share your post, and they go, you look great, smiley face. And now everyone who's popular on Instagram, if you see other popular people commenting on their shit, it's like, great post, looking awesome, smiley face. Oh, you look great, great photo, smiley face. Like, it's just, it's not real. So a lot of Instagram people are not going to like that I'm saying this, but I've been there. I did the groups and I was like trying to make it work. And I found that it just wasn't working for me because I was losing normal people that were normal that had normal Instagram accounts just had like their, their dog in themselves or their, them at their, at, with their friends going to movies. They're not going to, they're not going to comment because they're like all these really, really attractive people are commenting on this guy's stuff or just only models or like athletes or like maybe I don't fit in in these comments or, you know, they're going to look at it and go, Oh, like they're just like a group. You know what I mean? So I, I left all that and I'm not, I'm not saying I'll never do it again because when I post something good, if it can help it reach more good people, then I might go back to that. But at the moment, I'm finding that I've got people that I want to work with and I've pulled them away from Instagram and I've got them in my own Facebook group um, or I've got them this watching my Instagram stories and replying to me when they want help. I've got them on WhatsApp, online clients. I've got like a VIP coaching system going on. 
And those are the people I'm spending time with. Likes on my Instagram page are lower than they've been for like a year. I'm losing more followers than I'm gaining every week. And if I said that in front of like Instagram people, oh no, oh no, don't tell anyone that. Oh fuck, like, you, no, like you can't. Because if you're getting less likes, that means that you're not a good person, that you're less of a person than you used to be. It's like, no, no, you just probably showed more. You probably showed less of your ass than you did last week. Or you don't have like veins eight pack running right into your V line and wearing underwear in every photo. You know what I mean? And I've been there. There's viral photos of me going around. I've just like in underwear doing photo shoots and that. And when I was competing, that's where I was at. And I grew a big following from that, but that following didn't convert into like genuinely people that want to be a part of your brand and your fitness. They're people that are going to, you know, they're going to buy your clothing or if you're going to release your own supplement brand, they're going to be like, some of them will, but the guy with only 10,000 followers, that that whole 10,000 followers were built through like seeing their bulking photos and their shredding photos, seeing their pain of them losing something, seeing them talk about their real emotions and how they feel. Like, do you really think that when you go on Instagram stories or Snapchat and you follow those motivational people, do you really think that every morning they wake up absolutely perfect, all the lighting's on and they're like out of bed, good morning, yeah. Oh, I'm just going to have my this hashtag. <laughs> it's like my my special supplement. This is the this is the test booster and the fat burner. And if you want to get this product, ram the discount code down your throat every day until they make everything off you. And you think that that you think that they're as happy as what they do the video. You think this is like that first time they take the video. I've been there. I can talk about these things because I can't talk about. I I never fat shame people because I've never been like really overweight. Like I've had some fat on me. Like I've blown out after comps and been like, Oh shit, man. Like my ma- my own friends, my family and shit like Jackson, you've let yourself go dude. like you getting a bit on around the sides and that, but I've never been really overweight. So I'm not going to speak about how I can feel what they feel but when it comes to people who are wondering about social media and why do you, do you think you, do you, should you wake up every morning, like super happy and super motivated? No, that's fake. You're actually masking the real problems. There should be things you need to do every morning, and this is what's in my ebook that trigger happiness, that trigger motivation. Listening to audios, going for a walk, doing cardio, not weights, actual cardio, high intensity, low intensity, long amounts of it, actually induces hormones to feel proper happiness, like brain function, like after cardio. I follow this guy called Ben Greenfield Fitness. Now, you know, a lot of trainers, online coaches and stuff, they're not going to mention someone in a podcast or a talk because they're going to feel like I might lose customers to them. All my clients, they need to go like do whatever Ben Greenfield's doing because he's an insane. He's a biohacker. You've got to look him up after this. He's insane. He's somewhere in America up in the jungle with his own he turns, he's got a, a switch in his house and he, shot, he shuts down all the Wi-Fi, all the power in his whole house when he goes to bed. And then he has like battery charged things, like special things under his bed and special vibrations and binary beats he listens to. Like he's just like on another level, like this guy's education. Like he's a d- degree in like so many different things. He's been best-selling author many times, but I'm happy to send my clients to his stuff. And if they like any of his products or whatever, get involved in it. What I can say is people at that level, they're not going to have time to speak with people one-on-one like, yeah. unless you're paying a big premium. Like you're not going to get, you're not going to get one-on-one premium coaching from Steve Cook or mm-hmm. Phil Heath 
and actually speak to them on WhatsApp every day. I speak to my clients on WhatsApp. Every time I get a message from my clients on WhatsApp, my premium clients, I speak to them every day and it's very affordable, $50 a week, like really, really cheap to get me every day, any question they want, voice, voice messages back and forth. When they're going through a rough time, like Monday, like Monday lunchtime, I slot out two hours because it's the time that I need to come in and just hit everyone with really motivational audios. Like I'm gonna get bang, hold the voice down and be like, hey man, how you doing? John, you know, like I know that coming off Sunday, you might have had a cheat meal. I want you to let, I want to let you know that I had a cheat meal too and I didn't let it affect me today. And let's just get up and go for that walk. Can you do that for me? Let's go for that walk right now. And they get my voice coming in with their name and it's like personal. That That's what's huge. So yeah, I think, I think like, like I go on big rants and I go off track sometimes, but when we go off track, we find something we're motivated about. And I think we, we just, that's the thing we're missing in this, this area with social media. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. No, I'm more than happy for you going on long rants or whatever you think, because honestly, that's when the most genuine content comes out and the yeah. most valuable, in my opinion, comes out. And I couldn't agree more about the whole um, social media aspect of things. I even have my eight, nine-year-old sisters, right, coming to me and asking me, Hey, how do I get abs? I'm like, what? And and they're like, I, I want to look like I want to look like this. And they show you know Instagram people that have hundreds of thousands of likes and followers and all that stuff. And I'm like, holy shit! Like it's just like ingrained at this younger age, you know. It's all the psychology psychology of it. And and then you know people in high school, these girls. I mean, I have girls at college wanting to be social media influencers because they want to look like this girl. And I'm like, do you know how much editing was probably in that picture? Do you know, you know what I mean? Like Photoshop stuff. I mean, you probably know about the secrets of that with other people. Uh, and, and so like, it's just hard because you have somebody and I'm glad there is people and social media has filtered. Like what I mean with like Jordan site, like we we're talking about, like, yeah. Oh, you know, like he, he's fucking real. Like he's legit because He's put his fucking blood, sweat, and tears, and like you said, you know, like maybe he's not like I love you, Jordan. Maybe he's not like you know as good looking as the Instagram model, but he damn sure affects a lot more people. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. And the thing is, that's what makes him so popular on his Instagram because people can relate to him. Like he doesn't have. He never. He's never. He's never sold a product by showing his abs or anything. And there's times where he's been really lean. And I honestly think we could take someone like Jordan and I could send him like a mobile phone, iPhone app, like Snapseed. If everyone wants to know how to edit photos better, just download Snapseed. It's free. Like I'd love to give tips. Like I love to help. There's a difference between fixing lighting in a photo and then actually editing it so you look better. Like for me, lighting is really key. I think cameras and stuff, they just don't pick up the right lighting, especially iPhones. So I'll use Snapchat to fix lighting. But you can, if you learn how to use that app well, you can like change things in the photo that you thought wasn't possible. Like if someone's in the background, like one of the things I learned how to do is I was in Bali and me and my girlfriend have this photo. You might've seen it on my Instagram and it went fucking viral. Like it was just us kissing at a waterfall and yes, like couple goals, like that's all crazy, but it was good to get a, a photo that went viral without just me in it. And it was actually because of my girlfriend being in it that it really went viral because we were genuinely happy. It wasn't a photo shoot. I gave our tour guide 
this little Indonesian Bali guy a camera and I just said, it was just a cheap Sony camera, like a little handheld. I was doing some vlogging and I said, can you like take a heap of photos, like zoom in or whatever? Like he doesn't know how to use it. And he took like 10 and that was like two of them. I put them together and I put it straight up on Instagram. And one thing that really bothered me in the background of the photo was that there was like someone behind us at the waterfall. So it was like, we're not at the waterfall by ourselves. Like there was actually people everywhere. So I want to make it look like it's more special. So I used this tool on Snapseed and I like, smudged the person out i couldn't believe i could do it i'm like you could do anything um but anyway back to the story um that photo is seen by over 10 million people like literally 10 million people. the impressions went the impression then reach went over a million a few times i get tagged in that photo on like travel pages and couple gold pages like every day and then people tell me that they see it all the time without tagging me and i and i haven't put my name on it i for, like i didn't I don't like to ruin a photo and put like at Jackson J fit, like my Instagram name or whatever. And I'm like, I feel like that's me being like, Oh, you should know who I am. Or like, like I don't care. Like if a photo goes viral, if the person really wants to find out who's in it, they'll probably find out who's in it. But anyway, that's what I was saying. Like if we got Jordan Syatt and I took some photos with him just with an iPhone of him, like in the right lighting with his shirt off, we could make him look like these Instagram models. I'm telling you. Yeah, and I know he knows how to do all that stuff. Get shredded. I mean, he knows how to do it, and he has been in certain points um, because he's done uh, powerlifting, but he's also like dieted down, and and you know he has a few pictures that you'll you'll see that he'll uh, make fun of himself. He'll make fun of people who uh, sell um, yeah their product based on their shirts off their abs, and so he'll do like you know, 10 second transformation. I don't know if you've done those. I've done one of those where you like put your stomach out and then you flex. Um, but it's just so real. And, uh, he's so honest. Like, so he has no filter. You know what I mean? Like, like a lot of people will get, um, butt hurt, you know, they'll just like get hurt that people saying shit. And, but for some reason he, then he can turn around and then relate to them. So it's almost like it was motivational rather than attacking them. You know what I mean? And so, uh, people, people, got to, people got to think, um, sorry to buddy, but just, just something I've got to quickly say, like people got to think about the people that actually listen to this podcast, the people that actually comment on like genuinely comment on your Instagram and actually want to be a part of your business. Isn't going to be people that are other Instagram models or isn't someone who's going to like really be obsessed with abs. Like, yes, if you can show that you've bulked and got leaner, you know, the knowledge and how to help yourself. But you've got to be able to change like at least a hundred different body types. I believe it's like fifty to a hundred different body types. People that want to do just vegetarian, vegan, people that have diabetes, people that have lower back injuries. You've got to change people, all different types of people, and you've got to change transform their life and their mind, so their mind and body, before you can say that you're a really educated coach or you can just relate to people on a on a personal level and just talk about the pains that you go through and post photos that are just not so great and more average and yeah total likes is going to be down but just look at jordan's side like overall like long term it's going to go a lot better and i hate like in saying this i go back to still posting photos that are like good angles of myself and i've got to remind myself like especially with doing this podcast i'm like i can't wait to get off and i can do a post about what we're speaking about and i post a photo where uh, this is like the same day, two photos taken same day. And one of me looking like horrible, not horrible, but like not so great. And then one that's like the lighting's fixed up and it was my good angle. Like I'd love 
enjoy that. That'd be really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome. I'm glad. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. There we go. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I agree. And that's, it's funny um, you're saying this and stuff. I actually went through that too, for sure, because I competed in men's physique. I didn't make it to the W, uh, to your level, but um, I had that same, you, you become so conceited and you become so into yourself and about looks and you, you ingrain it in your head of like, I'm motivating people, right? So this is, I'm justifying that me doing all this stuff is correct. But in reality, I probably, <laughs> I drove away the people that actually cared um, about yeah. me, you know what I mean? And so you attract people that, think you look good, but they really don't give a shit about you. And uh, so I think that that is a main thing to come back to when people are wanting to lose weight uh, with your clients and stuff. Like, don't lose weight to make somebody else attracted to you, right? Like, like if you want to lose weight, like, lose weight to look good for yourself. Like, like you said, look in the mirror every day and say, man, I look fucking good. Like, I'm happy with myself. You know what I mean? Like, I'm healthy. I'm happy. That's what you should be focused on rather than, you know, hey, Susie's fucking, I gonna, I'm going to get to where she's going to be asking for my number or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, let's, let's talk about something that maybe, because I think would have a lot of male followers. Now, people, people have this misconception that you should have, like, an equal amount of female and male followers, but it doesn't matter even if most of your followers are straight or whatever you're still going to have a male is still going to be followed by more men because we're looking they're looking up to you for advice and like clothing and and how to train and they're just like they can relate to you more and a female is gonna gonna have more female followers so in saying that we i think we should talk about like let's go back to maybe where some of the younger guys that are following us or not age but at a period before because we both are in good shape we're both confident about ourselves in we don't have to be super lean but we're confident in ourselves that we know how to organize the mentality to train and the mentality to have strength and when we bulk to not worry about the body fat. So let's let's go back down to tell me more about when you when you first first what was your first motivator? And I think for me, my motivator when I first like lifted my first dumbbell, like I was young, so I was like, I'm gonna get some hot chicks muscles. You know what I mean? Hey. Yeah, no, so I guess um, surprising enough, I was so I was very, I guess, humble, like as a teenager in high school and stuff. Um, I was very thankful with my family. It's not like we were just rich, but I wasn't, we weren't poor. Like it was just middle class. And, but, but the thing was, is my dad to, to get to that point and my mom, like both of them, they worked their, their asses off. Like they work hard. My dad is a landscaper. Like he freaking does a bunch of mowing grass, landscaping, like hard work that I, you know, I used to do that stuff and I used to be in the construction of things and I learned exactly what I don't want to be doing when I grow up. Right. And yeah. so it, it taught discipline. And so then playing basketball, like I come back to, like I made sure cause my dad ingrained it. It was like, I was going to be the hardest working person in that gym at any time, no matter what. And you're going to know it. You know what I mean? So, um, I have a really competitive attitude, a really competitive personality, so when I kind of finished up that last game of high school, senior night or whatever it was, it like hit me. It's like, holy shit. Like, it's like, where am I going to spend all of my time? Because I spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of time trying to increase that craft, right? So 
um, I had to find an outlet and I was always physically active. And so I got into the gym. I always lifted weights, but, um, I never really knew how I thought I did. Right. And, <laughs> but, but I really got into it. And I went, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, I've been benching, like, just trying to straighten up, but yeah. <laughs> elbows, elbows out when they do push-ups, you're like. Like, oh, shit, don't hurt yourself. Yeah. So that was, that was obviously us, in high, or me in high school. And, uh, but what happened was I went to local supplement shop, trying to get all this information. He's like, hey, you told me to start reading magazines to try to get some information on reading about nutrition. I didn't even know what a calorie was. Um, and so uh, I had this guy. And I said, I saw this poster, right? I saw this poster in the supplement shop and it said, I think it was, uh, 2015, 2015, I believe, uh, empire classic. And that's the show up here in North Northwest region. Um, and it was like these couple shredded guys on the front of it. And I'm like, Holy shit. I mean, I want to look like that. You're like, that'd be cool. I was like, okay, this is going to be, this is it. So I hired that, uh, coach and great mentor taught me a lot and then i got shredded to the point where my family thought i was gonna die like i thought you know what i mean like they thought you were like gonna be skin and bones and die and so uh but i was competitive like that process at first wasn't about me posting pictures it was about me doing something that i was just to, to be competing with somebody but then as time went on um the better i looked and the more people gave me attention it's the more that you fed off of that attention you should yeah. more about your ego and yourself and then a steamroll. And it, it was a time of what I call learning, uh, you know, and I, and the thing is that people like probably say, do you regret any of that? No, I don't regret any of it just because, um, yeah, I look back and I'm like, fuck, like I was a douchebag sometimes, you know, but I would never learned it. And I would have never went through the process of being able to relate to my clients right now because because then I would have no perspective, right? So uh, that's kind of like my background. I went through and I did a handful, and I'm still going to compete again, uh, but more for the science part and not for attention. Like, you know, I've been posting so much content about podcasts and videos about nutrition and exercise and stuff. I'm really trying to just, like you said, gain that following, but it's actual real following, not yeah. just with the groups and all that shit. So, um, that's kind of like my story. Uh, like I said, I'm almost done with uh, last semester of college. Um, have some cool things going to be happening this summer. But, um, but yeah, so I guess mine was super competitive. Gained this huge ego because I thought I looked good when in reality, like, come on. Like, you, when you first do your first show and you're 18 and you don't have genetics behind you, like – you don't look jacked as fuck. You look skinny as shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, uh, but yeah, so then, and then I just kind of went from there. I uh, started learning about nutrition and the training aspect of like what my coach was teaching me. And then I totally changed my major <laughs> and uh, went into helping people and learning about how to optimize, you know, training. So I really like the athlete side of things um, just for that reason. But I mean, I love helping anybody, like you said, to be a good coach, you really got to see all aspects, the 50 to hundred body types, because you know, like there's so much potential out. There's so many people looking for information. And I think it's our job as coaches to make sure and point them in the best possible direction. Even if you don't know, 
to give them some source that does know because there's, like I said in the very beginning, there's a lot of people that are trying to take your money and a lot of bad coaches because it's so easy to sell coaching. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The internet, like anyone can make a website in one hour, free website in one hour, pay for a $20 domain once a month, uh, put up easily template pictures of like fitness people, you know, they can put up transformations, whatever. They can put up their own transformation that can be done in seven days or one day, you know what I mean, the bullshit ones. And then they ask you for like a subscription or whatnot. And it's like, just think about it a little bit more and maybe look at someone who is offering more of a premium level and ask them straight up, like, what will it cost for me to speak with you one-on-one on a weekly basis? And you can't be asking someone with, like they're super popular for that because their time is just like they're, they're saturated in what they can make by selling, um, you know, not cookie cutter plans, but yeah, kind of, they've got like 15 different cookie cutter plans and they, they call it custom or personalized training, but it's still kind of like they've got a body type that's already like yours and you just slot in there well. So, you know, throw a curveball at them and say, can I speak to you personally on the phone and about premium online coaching? And I, that's the biggest tip I'd say. And I've just started going towards offering that now. Um, we'll see how it goes. Obviously, it might get to a point where I get too many and then I obviously make it a slightly more expensive. Or I just figure a way how to deal with more people. This is one thing I want people to understand as well if anyone's listening to this or anyone who's wanting to be an online trainer or an online coach or anything be a personal trainer for at least two or three years successfully one-on-one actual personal trainer get paid lose out some weeks struggle get kicked out of like move gyms work with athletes work with everyday people work with disability work with people with with brain problems and then be an online coach because you're not actually a fucking trainer if you've gone from like you got shredded through someone else's coaching and then you made a website and you did like in America, it's like a two week course to be a personal trainer in Australia. It's a one year course, man. It's not easy. Mm. Um, and then you start personal training people and because you've got six pack abs and you have all the photos from your last comp or your last photo shoot or your last, you know, when you went to Cancun, you have mad photos or Mexico of you looking lean and you just repost them every third day and say to people, Hey, like, look at me, do you want to look like me? Click on my new program or whatever. And it's like, you can get that from bodybuilding.com if that's what you want. But if you want that one-on-one connection, then just work work as a personal trainer and find out what people, find people's why, find out people really click. Like, I found that the biggest problem, if I could, if I could give everyone tips right now who are wanting to lose body fat is don't get any calories through liquid. That's number one. Like, if you could just apply that rule Literally, this is free advice. Start it today. You'll do a 12-week transformation absolutely free. If this does help you, to anyone listening, uh, maybe send me a message in 12 weeks and say thank you. Do not get any calories from any liquid. If you're going to have a coffee, I know some people in America are crazy about coffee, have a straight black coffee with almond milk or something, very low calorie. I'm I'm talking... No Powerade, Gatorade, all that shit. It's not healthy. Stop taking Grand Chain Aminos that are uh, spiked with um, artificial sweeteners. I could go on all day about artificial sweeteners. We should, we should do another podcast about how the effects of gut health with artificial sweeteners because people who are doing like 
zero calorie mothers and monsters and zero calorie Pepsi and Coke and zero calorie branched aminos that taste good. Basically, if you can just cut out all liquid calories or artificial sweeten and just get your calories from food, that's, we could stop it there. Like, I don't even care if you have like hot dogs and that here and there. Like, obviously, eat things that are going to fuel your brain and your function, but just one thing, no calories from, from liquids. Just have water, green tea, you know, and you will lose weight. You will look better. You will pull on muscle. Your gut health will be better. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion? I agree 100%. I think the gut health, I was actually talking about this with a, another guy, another coach, and gut health is so, so important, so much more important than people think. Um, and uh, a lot of things nowadays are like, oh, try this zero-calorie freaking anything now, right? It's like try this zero-calorie this and that. And, and, you know, in a time and place, like like every so often, I'll, you know, drink a like a – zero calorie soda if I'm, you know, for some reason. I don't know. I really don't usually like it. I, the only thing I like to, to use would probably be the branch chains, but that's usually just during training uh, or, or whatever. But honestly, yeah, this artificial sweetener stuff, a person asked me the other day and I said, look, like your body, and I think, I don't know how much you know like about this. I don't know a lot, but what I've seen is like it actually sometimes creates more of a, a hunger response because it's like this artificial sugar and so when your body's like ingesting sugar, it's like priming itself to eat. You know what I mean? Like it just wants food. And so if you're constantly having things that like taste like actual sugar, then you're constantly going to be hungry because if you notice like when you have candy or if you have something that's higher in sugar, you're then exactly like you never get full because it's like that leptin ghrelin hormones, like making you hungry and hungry and hungry. And so you never get full. There's no like fiber. There's no protein or anything. So, um, that's happening when you drink those artificial sweeteners, in my opinion. So this depends. Like I let people, if it, if it works and their body type is more of like a skinnier build, right. And it really doesn't affect them. Like, like, you know, you know, whatever, if you can get away with it, then it's not a yeah. huge deal, but, but, uh, to really optimize, cause I see with, with competitors too, it'll retain water sometimes and it'll, uh, upset their stomach and you do not want to upset your stomach. I'll break it down because my mum's actually a naturopath and I've had 15 years of experience around my mother. Well, me and my mum are very close. I'm a big mama's boy, man. Like my father left us. Well, we left him when I was like two years old. So me and my mum are just super close. And like she was a personal trainer. She was a bodybuilder when she was younger, man. There's like photos of her, Jack. Like she's probably got leaner than I ever did. Um, she's just like taught me the whole completely natural way, health, herbalist, homeopathy, like, so basically, we've learned so much about gut health. And the reason why I know so much about gut health and that I can talk about it on this passionate level is because I fucked my gut health so bad. <laughs> after, after four comps and shredding down, I spent most of uh, 2015, I spent most of the year like dieting on like training and dieting like just hectic and the way the reason I call it dieting is because I still have a good diet now but I'm not like dieting I'm not like shredding like all the time and what I was doing is like a little bit of artificial sweeteners but the thing is I didn't realize artificial sweeteners are in absolutely everything I'm talking all your proteins all your branch aminos anything that tastes okay all your drinks even your normal sugar flavored drinks sometimes I have artificial sweeteners 
cereal starting to put in it, like everything you possibly touch and think, like look on the labels, look for things that are artificial colors or sweeteners and they will fuck your gut. So I went through SIBO, which is a small intestine bacterial overgrowth and that's overgrowth and that's like a slight thing like, uh, like leaky gut, basically a different version of leaky gut. And it's where you bloat from like healthy foods and you're like, what the fuck? And then you can't have like heaps of vegetables or you can't have this. As soon as you touch milk, you just go bad. And basically, the thing that I can help everyone with, we're not going to go over fully gut health. We'll do another podcast for that. But a quick tip about artificial sweeteners is if something comes in, think about this properly. If you taste something and it tastes sweet, do you really think that just because on paper that there's zero calories, like our bodies are super smart. And what that, what happens is you might not put on body fat like when you actually drink it because it's like zero calories, but you get an insulin response. And insulin is like the master of how you actually gain muscle and lose body fat. Insulin is like the top dog. And that's why people with diabetes need to be on medication for the insulin and whatnot. So basically, long-term use of artificial sweeteners, so even just once or twice a day, will actually create your insulin levels to be not sensitive or too sensitive. Um, I don't know the exact term for it, but basically it'll ruin your stability on how you take in carbs. Mm -hmm. So how you control carbs. Some people can be like super lean and you see them eating carbs all the time. It's because they handle carbs really well because their insulin is super healthy. Then you've got someone who's like young, but also like put a bit of body fat on. It's like their gut is inflamed. They're not help. They're not healthy their insulin does not handle carbohydrates and sugars very well. So there's a study shows that even if you just went low calorie for like six months and you use artificial huge amounts of weights, as soon as you get your calories back to maintenance or slightly above maintenance, where we, we all really want to be just on maintenance and playing above maintenance whenever we want to, to perform well at sport, to perform well at lifting, to be happy, to have good sex, to have the right hormones. We want to be able to play just above maintenance and then work off above maintenance calories with training. So basically, if anyone's listening, just next time you buy, like finish your range of aminos, finish your protein, whatever, but next time you go in um, and go to, the, like, go to the store to buy your supplements, just get something that doesn't taste good, that's not artificially sweetened, or it's actually sweetened by actual sugar. Because I'd rather you have a little bit of sugar than be masking in a problem of, of long-term artificially sweetened addiction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's exactly kind of what I was uh, referring to. You're right about the insulin response. So uh, I think the term you were looking for was insulin resistance. And so all that is, is what exactly you're right is um, the body's. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. The body is not able to like, so for example, you said type two, Let's give a little science here. So type two diabetes, right, is when usually people are over and they're eating carbohydrates and then their body produces the hormone insulin. Okay? And then, uh, what happens though is the insulin can't really bind on to the carbohydrate to shuttle it into the muscle. So it can't utilize it, right? So then it's going to be potentially stored as fat and that's the whole problem. So I think the artificial sweeteners – I think you're right. What I've seen from the studies is it might actually cause that response to have a yeah. constant insulin response. And then it makes it really difficult to like prolong fat loss, like throughout the whole day. You know what I mean? So I think that I agree with you hundred percent. I actually use for my like BCAs, I'll have the, 
unflavored, you know, it tastes like shit, but, uh, unflavored and I'll have something mixed with it that has a little bit, but, um, just to pretty much get it down. But I noticed that my, my gut health, like me digester absorbing the, the liquid is so much better during training. Cause I don't know if you've ever had like something like if you've had artificial sweetener during training, right. And then like during training, you're drinking it. And then you kind of get like an upset stomach and it totally destroys the training session uh, because your body can't absorb it very well. Well, the thing is um, our stomach is, is our second brain. So we want the blood when we're training to be mostly in the brain so we can get good technique. We get good endorphins and we really, really like emotionally, physically and motivated to be there. If you eat, like, let's just have a quick question. Like if anyone who's listening, when you have a big meal, you feel kind of relaxed and you don't really feel like doing anything. You don't feel like going and run. You don't even feel like studying really like after quite a big meal, you need like half an hour of like the Mexican Caesar or whatever it is where we just like lay down or whatnot. And it's good. They do that way. So if you're drinking something while you're training and it's giving you a response where blood has to go into the stomach to like create function because water, water is like very minimum function for our gut. Like it doesn't really need to go through there, but if there's other things like going through like artificial sweeteners, then yeah, your blood's going to leave your brain and it's going to be going down in other areas and trying to figure out where to put this artificial sweetener because really it's not designed for humans. Um, we didn't have it. Like for me, my number one goal with myself and all my clients is let's get 80% of everything we put into our body from a paleo style diet. I'm not going to rave on about keto. I'm not going to say you have to like go keto. I'm not going to say you have to be strict paleo because like there's certain things I eat that aren't in paleo. So if I go to a social event, I'm out at dinner. I'm like, I'm just going to kind of like join in. I live a life that is enjoyable. I eat cheat meals often. I don't like calling them cheat meals. Cheat meals. I just eat like not so healthy here and there, just to show people that it's possible. A big plate of nachos, like enchiladas, sushi here and there. Like I do that, but 70, 80 percent of my intake, liquid and food, comes from what would be around in the most ancient times. Um, if everyone had like fruit and vegetables and meat around. So like for me, I, I'm fully supportive. I've got a good friend on Instagram. He's like one of the most shredded vegans ever. Like, and he's like vegan from vegan from birth and he's so wicked. He's in LA then and he's growing a massive following of, of vegans and vegetarians. But the thing is he was born eating that stuff like from a young age. So his guts used to that for someone like me, I tried to do vegan for two weeks and I got worse, um, SIBO, my small intestine bacterial overgrowth, because I can't have any vegan proteins like beans, legumes, um, too much soy. It really upsets my stomach. And I think if I worked on it for like a year, I do believe like long-term when I'm older, I can stop dropping out meat and stuff out of my diet. But I think from being from a European background, I have an Italian French background coming from the colder parts. Like I like my body functions better on, um, good fats and my body functions really good from animal fats. And I know this sounds like um, bizarre, but I can get great results by still having um, healthy animal fats. Like I can eat half a chicken like in one sitting and it'll be, it'll fit sweet with my stomach. Like it's a lot of food, but I'm not putting carbs in with it though. I'll have like, I make massive, I call them the J fit super salad bowls, like summer super salad bowls. Mm -hmm. And I get these stupid bowls massive bowls and I fill it with heaps of green, heaps of capsicum, um, 
you know, you got carrots for texture, like the crunch. Everything's basically like raw. And then I put in like quarter of a chicken on there and I can have that twice a day and I can get leaner um, plus other meals as well. And I can get leaner, but if I use like lots of carbohydrates, artificial sweeteners, um, try to use low calorie, low fat options that are at the shops, like everything that says low fat, if I try to use those options, um, my calories can be the exact same, but I can, my brain function, my gut health, and my like four to five, six week um, pinch tests and muscle growth results come down less beneficial. And for me, like I think go with what's working well for you and just study, like study on yourself, like try, try like moderate carbs, moderate fat, moderate protein. That's a really good. I think everyone should have a little bit of fats, a little bit of carbs and a little bit of protein, yeah. not too much protein, not too much carbs, like keep it in the same. And then when you get more advanced, once you're starting to get results, then you can try like a lower fat, high carb with a moderate protein and that might be better for you. You might be able to get more carb intake. Your, stomach, your gut health is really good. You don't get cloudy thoughts from the carbohydrates. Your insulin um, sensitivity is really good. But then I would really recommend like 90% of the people that are listening to try like healthy fats like avocado, nuts and everything throughout the start of the day with protein. Have, you know, either do intimate fasting or time-restricted eating where you're only eating like a 12-hour window in the day or you fast for the first four or five hours when you wake up and make it like a full 15 to 16 hour fast then have like a salad with the only carbohydrates i get from my middle my first meal usually comes from just like um greens and like vegetables like really low low carb vegetables so i usually call that more of a fat protein meal because i have avocado some olive oil some mtt oils or whatnot in my coffee and then i have some nuts maybe and then, you know, chicken with a little bit of the fat on it. Like it's not always the cleanest piece of chicken. Like it can have a little bit, little bit of fat on it. If that meat has like, you need to eat um, with common sense. You need to have a look at your food and whatnot. And a meal plan is going to get you there. And you're going to get really good results. But on every day for more variety, you want to get something like on my 12-week mind and body transformation, we have options for every meal. And some of the options are more like fat protein based. And some of the options are more carb protein based, but they're the same calories. So really at the end of the day, the most important things is calories in, calories out. But if you obsess over calories in, calories out, you will go towards artificially sweetened. You'll go towards low fat products because fat per one fat is equal to nine calories and one carb is equal to four calories. So even though you're having something small on your plate, that's avocado, it's going to be more calories than a small amount of rice. So you'd think, oh, you know, the rice is going to be better because it's less calories and stuff. But you've got to think about brain function, the way your insulin is. Not every single person, like everyone's going to have a different way they handle carbohydrates. Everyone's going to have a different way they digest fats or animal fats or animal meat or even raw vegetables. Some people can, can't digest raw vegetables properly. Like for me, I can't have canned beans, legumes and stuff like that. I just can't do it. Straight away cramps, brain goes really bad. My sabo picks up, leaky gut, ter terrible bowel movements, like fighting it's just it's horrible so i have to go with work what works well with me like what works well what works best for you yeah no i so i agree that everybody's different right like exactly what you're saying is and i'm i don't have like the the gut stuff that you had to work around so um but i i have some videos and stuff and uh some some information for people like kind of based on body type and so it kind of tries to help you push the into those macro ratios you're talking about. Like I believe too, everybody should be 
moderate protein, moderate carb, moderate fat, like starting out and you'll get results, right? Because you're just cleaning it up and you're having less calories, like you said. Um, and so then from there, you can really see what makes you feel the best and what gets you the best. Yeah. And so I think, go ahead. You can keep going. Sorry. So I keep going. So for me, um, I like to like my body metabolizes carbohydrates very efficiently. So I like to, um, jack my carbs higher and my protein higher and have my fats a little lower. There's this is perfect. This is, this is an absolute perfect podcast. And I love that you said that because I could tell that you're like that because you come from like a sporty background, kind of like, um, you grew up on like moderating carbs. You haven't really ruined your gut health. So carbs seem to be going really well. So this is perfect. So like the viewers and the listeners can be like, well, you know, it's working for fats and proteins, mostly for Jackson. And then Austin's more into like the carbohydrates. So they can, get to the middle level and then play both sides and they've got someone to relate to. We're not those trainers that are saying like keto is the only way buy our keto exactly. program. Exactly. No, no, no. There's, there is so many, my old mentors say there's so many ways to skin a cat, right? And it all depends on which one that you can adhere to. And it one that it fits you, uh, makes you feel good because I know a lot of people like yourself that they need, like, for example, I have a client right now and she said that she started doing, intermittent fasting and keto at the same time she had chronic like yeah she did started doing like chronic she had chronic migraines and like all of this just her mental health was just like tired all the time and she was drinking like five to ten cups of coffee a day you know just trying to get through and I'm like, wow and then she said then i a couple months ago i tried to get into keto and now it's it's relieved my uh gut or my gut problems my mental clarity is a lot better and so um, we really went, dove into that and she loves it. And I can do keto. Like <laughs> I've tried to get into ketosis and like, uh, uh-uh, no, no way. Not for me. Um, and so I definitely love, uh, using carbohydrates just because like it is your body's first primary source of energy. But at the same time, like you said, it might not digest well with you. Um, and so using fats, like you said, avocados i like to use i like to use grass-fed butters i like to use you know olive oil like you're saying um i totally agree with all that stuff and i usually see that i don't know about with you but i usually see people that do well with more of like a high protein medium fat low carb diet that are more of like a huskier build person yeah yeah more of like a bigger waist circumference and like you know just thicker bigger boned those people seem to do a little better on that diet and people like me and i'm more of like a senior build uh, seem to do a little better on carbohydrates, but there's a, there's a reason, there's a reason for that because like people that have like a slightly thicker waist, it's not just genetic, their bones aren't thicker. It usually means they already have inflammation in the gut and that's why they put body fat on. So the inflammation in the gut bacteria isn't right and carbohydrates can give the growth to gut bacteria in the wrong way. And fats and protein, going low carbohydrate, um, which really means when I say low carb, like low carbohydrate for anyone, like I'm still eating like over 100 grams of rice uh, cooked a day, like I get two packets of rice a day. I'm still eating like a big sweet potato, um, stuff like that. But I mean, like I'm not trying to reach 3,000 calories with low fat and carbs because I could just be eating carbs like a fair bit of them. So for me, I want my stomach to be a bit smaller, and I don't want that you know inflammation to start. And I, know, I totally agree. Like you can look at the body types and once you've had some um, like 
work with a lot of clients like you have and you know the science behind insulin, you can kind of guess what's going to work for them better and then we can just change it over time. Yeah. On, on that note, I've just got um, three missed calls from my next podcast that I've got to be on. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm happy he gave us an extra half an hour. This guy is awesome. And um, I'll send you the link for this next podcast I'm doing. He's a movement specialist. He's like, his Instagram is um, AF underscore move. And he's like crazy, like mobility specialist. So it's going to be very diverse. And we're going to really talk about movements and, uh-huh. and how movements and rehab and stuff like that are going to go through. So Man, thank you, thank you so much for inviting hey, me to your podcast. You, I really appreciate you being on here. I think there's a lot of good information uh, because we come from different backgrounds, and I had a pleasure. So, what I'm going to do for people who are listening on the AP podcast right now, I'm going to put in Jackson's Instagram, his email, his contact information. So, if you want to reach out to him, if you have any questions, uh, he's more than happy to answer them along with me. I'll put my stuff in the description box as description box as well. So on that, Jackson, you know, I guess if you guys like this information, if, if it helps somebody out, like you said, in 12 weeks, if it did, shoot us a message and say you know, that it did because that's why we do what we do. So um, on that, you know, give us a subscribe if you like it. Uh, uh, comment any other stuff that you guys would like to hear about because, you know, I would love to have Jackson back on the podcast. But other than yeah, that. If you, if, if you guys are interested in – learning about gut health and natural remedies. Um, I'm, I'm designing a really, really good thing and I'm happy to give free information about that. Also, I've got a free ebook, 21 Science Proven Ways to Lose Fat and Gain Muscle. Um, and we've done this at the same time as well. People say it's impossible. We've done it with over three or 400 people now. So that's a free ebook. Um, if you want that, just go to my website, jacksonjohnson.fitness or if you know the website's not responding or if I've changed it by the time you listen to this, um, my Instagram is at JacksonJFit. And that's it. The rest you better find us. And thank you so much, Austin. And I look forward to coming back. Yeah, man. Hey, until next time. See you later. Have fun on the next podcast. Thanks, dude. See you, dude.